to Equiton to create this kind of a series of Architalk, um, an informal way to get to know the architects that they are shaping and designing our uh, environment and our world here in Australia. I suppose a nice way to share thoughts and uh, passion sometimes and, uh, and believe and, uh, and ideas. And today we are um, speaking with uh, Maya Borgeson from John uh, Vardel Architects. And uh, thank you for uh, being here and thank you for, uh, yeah, accepting the invitation. So, oh, pleasure. <laughs> to, just give me a little introduction about yourself and uh, where did you start? I know that you are an architect as a profession, but then you are also involved with a lot of other things. And in fact, I'm very excited about the topic of today because it's diversity in architecture. But um, the, the, the subject of diversity, I think, is very interesting. So give me a bit of an introduction of yourself. Thank you. I'm project architect at John Waddle Architects. I've been there for about four years. And previously, I worked in Sydney and London before Melbourne. I'm also a practicing artist. I work in sort of large scale uh, installations with projections and audio. And I'm also the diversity coordinator for women in design and construction. So a lot of passion, all probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <a> few hats. <laughs> few hats, but I think yeah. that is what keeps you young, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it keeps me busy, and I think each of the the three different things that I'm sort of involved in assist each other and feed, you know, my architecture definitely feeds my artwork and vice versa and yeah diversity is something just um, I'm really passionate about. So how did you come up with this idea on uh, being the diversity coordinator and the like, voice for that? I was always passionate about women in architecture and I just actually approached WIDAC and thought perhaps they have some positions going, I'd really like to get involved with the, with the committee. And it was just luck. They were looking for committee members when I approached them. And, it, yeah, it just started like that. I just met, had a couple of interviews, met all the ladies. And, yeah, I particularly like that it's not just architects, which are part of um, the organisation. It's people all throughout the construction industry. So project managers, engineers. We even have someone that studied counter-terrorism. So it's, yeah, meeting a lot of women throughout the industry. Yeah, and it's great. It's a really, it's a beautiful community. Yeah, it's always healthy for an architect to um, put on a different lens from from time to time. And, yeah, all, all three passions are interrelated and benefit each other. Hmm, fantastic. And uh, I know it's not only woman is called diversity is not only woman yeah. architecture the topic of today um although by looking inside at uh, some of your bio some of the things you've wrote on magazines and things i noticed co-founder of sana is one of your um, kind of inspirational person no? so and yeah yeah one of the second this year third group of women that uh, win the Pritzker Prize in Architecture. So Yeah, that's right. It was it was great to see um Grafton win it this year. I absolutely love their work. Uh, when I worked in London I sort of got to know quite a lot of the uh, Irish firms. Yeah, I really love the beautiful simplicity and minimalism but warmth that's found in a lot of the Irish architecture. And I love Grafton's work. So yeah, that was great. Yeah. So I think we can um, now 
how diversity for you translates somehow, or it's connected probably with uh, the work you're doing. And um, I don't know if you want to share some of the project you did. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so this is the new junior school for the Geelong College. Um, I started working on this mid-2017 and we just reached practical completion in April this year. A long project. Um, Long projects. I'm typically involved, I guess, in the back end of things, in the construction process, which I really love. So, yeah, this is just some footage sent from the contractor, who was Fairbrother, which gives, I guess, an overall feel of the project, I guess, staged in three stages. We had the multi-purpose room first and then the early learning centre and junior school second. We had a beautiful landscape architect who has worked with the school previously and that's a lot of their work. It needs a little bit of time to grow, but that's a lot of, I guess, their work uh, that you can see now from the four-year-old B classrooms down to uh, the smaller early learning classrooms. Um, that's actually one of my favourite rooms at the end there. Beautiful. The light that comes in. This. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple of um, these circular skylights which were quite playful um and yeah it was a good effect that we got and that's a lot of the equitone as well that was the cladding uh on the courtyard side that you can see okay yeah so we sort of transfer from a single story to a double story um, but there's a continuous roof over that transition the multi-purpose room and the concept for this was quite simple but it was basically for a big hat sitting atop a room and it, this this room is used for sort of concerts, assemblies, meetings and galleries. There's also quite a few irregular geometries in that um, and you can see that little skylight chimney poking up at the top there. Yes. <laughs> the main sort of junior school which was 5,000 square metres and the plan of this which you would have seen in that video allows sort of the existing site trees to be retained and provides all the learning environments with long views across the playing fields. And the design also draws upon the school's pedagogies of the Reggio Emilia philosophy, which I know you know a little bit about too. Yes, it is a project when we were chatting, it's a project that broke my heart because when I got my degree in architecture, the first project I worked on was um, developing a school in Italy, where I'm from, uh, with the Reggio Children um, kind of uh, philosophy of uh, creating a type of spaces and school and learning environment. It's a really beautiful um, pedagogy that they have, you know, that it's student-centred and self-guided, quite experiential in the way that they learn. How did you come across that pedagogical uh, way of uh, learning and, uh, and teaching? Oh, it's, it's actually what the junior school is based on. So this is City Wall and the protective outer skin, which buffers against the street. And we break down, I guess, the scale of the building by using bricks, which is sort of a very traditional material that you can hold in your hand. We had 124,338 custom-made bricks. Wow. Um, yeah, and of this, 40,580 were hand-glazed, and this is the first time that um, uh, Clinton Krauss had ever done this. You talk about the collaborations, that architecture is part of a big collaboration between all of the people. And you already mentioned the landscaper, you already mentioned the 
handmade and glazed bricks and handmade bricks. The job of an architect is actually also putting together different figures and different expertise to become with a final work, right, I suppose? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's a collaboration more internally in our studio to start off with, the concept design between all the different roles that people have, the renderers, model makers, design directors, and then that collaboration externally, particularly, I guess, in the back end where I work with the builders, with the project managers, structural engineers, the whole way through. It's it's an effort of many, many people. Particularly important is having a great client, which we had for this. And we had a lot of consultations with the heads of the school to make sure that they were happy with everything. It's great to, I guess, through this process that takes quite a few years to sort of form those relationships. And obviously you have a client that is very forward-thinking and really open to yeah. engage and create something special for the, um, for the area as well, I suppose, but also for the total environment and for the full uh, Geelong area, I suppose, no? Yeah, that's right. And the continuous veranda that links the Early Learning Centre to the junior school and sort of by this veranda, we create a lot of outdoor learning spaces. This is a bit of a video that's quite good, shows the equitone that we use to clad the courtyard walls. You say you are also involved on the back end, so exactly yeah. on the choices, I suppose, as well. So what kind of guide you towards the choice of that material, that cladding? We wanted to, I guess, have this really strong um, brick buffer to the street and then I guess this bit of a softer and also playful material we're also unable to have you know any uh, combustible facade so that was something that came into it as well similar to the brickwork you know this is something that can just be laid by hand we've used it on one of our uh, Tasmanian projects previously yeah we were quite lucky as well the subcontractor they did a really really great job of using it he had previous experience with the Equitone. He used it on previous jobs. So, yeah, it was able to give us a bit of colour, a bit of playful playfulness, be non-combustible. Yeah, and it's turned out really well. So aesthetic and performances together. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Combination. Yeah. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, these are some of the interior spaces. We've got basically that uh, city wall that I was speaking about before. It turns into an inhabited wall when you go inside and we've got sort of floor-to-ceiling joinery. We've got a lot of childlike spaces. We've got kneeling desks, um, nooks and small um, breakout spaces as well for um, the children. We've got sort of a central learning atelier and then three classrooms broken uh, cluster around that. And every one of those has a breakout room. So say if a psychologist or speech pathologist needs to come into the school rather than having the student walk, you know, from one end of the school to the other and be a bit embarrassed because they need to see a specialist, they invite the the psychologist or speech pathologist into the classroom and into that smaller breakout room and integrate them more rather than taking the child out. These are, I guess, probably my favourite photos, which were taken from the Geelong College's Instagram. And I think after all the COVID-19 remote learning, I know it was so exciting for the teachers to finally 
um, have the students in the spaces and inhabiting them and embracing them. You know, a school is designed for children to be in. So, yeah, I just love these photos that they've taken. And that you can really see the hand-glazed bricks in here with all yeah, the shades right. of colours and the, and the beautiful palette that comes from the nature around and surrounding because you can really see on the two photos in one there is a big nature apart from the human being and this one beside the girls there is uh, the actual human construction but very connected and related to the color palette of um, the surrounding yeah absolutely that's a good parallel you've just drawn then <laughs> actually i wanted to point out something that you mentioned it that uh, equitone also apart from being used as a performative and and aesthetic chosen material also uh, sponsored um, a student from the school or something you mentioned something please help yeah they really kindly sponsored our international women's day breakfast about 110 attendees and the event sold out in 24 hours it's a big success we had a panel of architects there and um yeah it was really 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 kind of equitone to to sponsor it for us. We had two of the members of the male Champions for Change. We had a principal at JWA and also the founder of the Construction Coach. And you say that the subject was equality for everyone, did you say? Yeah, it's, I guess, how, how we can achieve diversity in architecture. I guess working on the school as well, it makes you think about the future of education and really how important diversity is within education and also within the profession that I'm in. I think it's got to be more than just um, having a focus on women in architecture. I think, as you say, exactly, um, you know, diversity in terms of gender, cultural, um, sexual, religious, ethnic ability. So I really try and sort of look at one, one of those and try and make sure that you know, both our attendees, our members um, and people on the panel reflect that diversity because really that, like you say, really that's what inclusion is about. Um, I've got a couple of photos actually that I took of my colleagues. Like in architecture, it can bring new creativity to that design process because architecture can develop from perspectives that haven't been seen or heard before, which is important. I think it can also sort of make the profession seem more attainable too, sort of by encouraging those from diverse cultures and inspire, I guess, a more diverse range of people to sort of enter the profession. Once you start that, it's really you've, you've sort of commenced that cycle of diversity. I read something that you were mentioning about um, uh, Sejima, oh, the Sana uh, partner, and they are Japanese and their architecture um, that is so um, transparent and ethereal, it really reflects the very uh, private and silent culture of Japanese people because yeah. their type of architecture is very um, delicate and not invasive and not I'm there, I'm a piece of architecture. So a culture can be translated into a building because of the type of design that comes from the background of people and the diversity that you are embracing and empowering and actually... Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I just think that, um, yeah, she's master of that 
um, of that Japanese architecture and I guess her work is, it it sort of almost works the other way as well. You know, her work is now synonymous with Japanese architecture too. I definitely look up to her and um, the studio does some beautiful projects. You know, architecture doesn't exist for itself in isolation. You know, it's created in a response to social, cultural, political, economic forces and for me it's really about moving beyond simple tolerance and really embracing and celebrating the rich dimensions of diversity contained with each individual.